2: Partner. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell
3: loves
0: football. We're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before. Before long, where are they going to be the last one standing? All right? That's going to be the mentality. Football!
1: Football, yeah! yeah, football, yeah. football! Football! Yeah. Get some. Gotta
2: eat. Apparently, that went on for, like, his, his opening statement went on
1: for, like, 19 minutes yesterday. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely the least surprising <laughs> Dan Campbell thing of all Dan Campbell time. That
4: was uh. oddly
2: specific, too. Like, biting kneecaps, and then we're going to get up, we're going to... Take three shots at you and how and would you three, like four,
1: how would you like to get done playing for Matt Patricia and you're like, okay, two thousand twenty one, new start, new coach. They're Ooh. surely gonna go in the other direction and get somebody who's a thinking man's coach, right? Yeah, someone like, with some
2: social skills. The great right.
1: the great young minds today, they're gonna get one of those calm, cool, and collected coaches, and you get a phone call. Dan Campbell. Refer to him as Coach Campbell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man, I'm excited to watch Lions games next year. Uh, you know, if I were, if I were... If I were Federated Insurance, I might put a phone call over there to Detroit. <laughs> Speaking of risk management, they might need some help in 2021. Uh, by the way, Action Movie Rewind, we're going to get to uh, also Hank Aaron passed away. We'll talk to Royce about that. But Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. And uh, they've stepped up their game in 2021 even more by launching My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner, think about how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips. Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. All the things that could involve risk at your company. You want to make sure that you have safety training and videos, risk management plans, even workplace posters and handbooks and and things like that. So that's where MyShield comes in. That's where Federated comes in. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com. Just click on MyShield or download the app. And uh, remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours, and it is action movie rewind Friday. We're doing something unprecedented today, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We're going back to back in a franchise. Back- to back in a franchise.:
4: I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle.) I <laughs> <laughs> hey, like Fetzler. you forgot to say, please) <laughs> Oh! Oh! Get him off me! vista, baby.
3: TCL is a proud sponsor of the
2: Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shaw on Score North
3: and scorenorth.com.
2: Welcome in to the show. Yeah, right before we hit the microphones, uh, news came down that Hank Aaron, the legendary Hank Aaron, passed away. 25 All-Star games.
1: 25 All-Star games? And as far as I'm concerned, he is the home run king of baseball. Seven hundred fifty-five. I can't even. I to this day cannot tell you the, the exact number of Barry Bonds because I don't even care that I think that it's much. Seven sixty-six. I can't tell you
2: 780? Hold I
5: don't
1: think on, let's let, let, let's 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 see how many. I, I I think 750, 755 is hold the a, number hold, right, the, ingrained in my brain because that's yep, that's what Hank that's had. that's
5: Hank had. So then actually seven sixty-two.
1: Right. Don't care. yep you're right. Is that what you care. said? Don't care. <laughs> seven
2: sixty-two. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Hank Aaron, 755 home runs, played 23 seasons in the major leagues, Mm -hmm. and uh, passed
1: away at the age of 86. He would have been 87 in about a week and a half. Boy, and this continues Mm -hmm. since I, I think it was last, I believe, a year ago March with Al Kaline. This continues just a remarkable, sad run of great baseball players who have passed. Just, I mean, it's like every, it feels like at least, Once a month, you guys, if not more often, Don Sutton just died. Like, it's like every two weeks now. Is today
2: the anniversary of Kobe's death, too? We're right around that time. Uh, We're close. So that was, think about that, by the way, all the things that happened last year, like Kobe freaking Brian died in that helicopter
1: crash to start the year last. Feels like five years back now.
5: 26th is uh, Kobe's. Okay. Yeah. So wow. Early next out. week.
1: But anyway, it's just so, so. so
5: yeah.
2: So we'll you know Patrick Roycey, who you know long time BBWAA writer and uh, and 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 I believe Patrick started covering the Twins and the major leagues while Hank Aaron was still playing for Milwaukee at the end of his yep. his run in the mid seventies. Yep, that's correct. So we'll get some perspective from Patrick Roycey. Um, but you know what, we, we don't really want to waste any more time because I have a feeling that this action movie, Rewind, is going to be jam-packed, and so uh, let's do it. She believes that
0: a machine called a Terminator, oh, yeah. which looks human, of course, was sent back through time to kill her.
3: That's original.
0: And also <laughs> that the father of her
2: child was a soldier sent back to protect her. No. He was
6: from the future, too. The year uh, 2029, if I remember correctly. And here we are Morning, Sarah
3: Good morning, Dr. Silverman. How's the knee? Fine, Sarah She, uh, stabbed me in the kneecap with my pen a few weeks
0: ago <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews With Mackie, Judd, and Rami
2: Get to the chopper!
0: Yippee-ki-yay, mother****
5: you Gotta listen to the way people talk you don't say affirmative or some like that. You say no problemo. Someone comes up to you with an attitude, you say eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby.
4: Hasta la vista, baby. And
5: if someone gets upset, you say chill out. Or you could do combinations.
4: Chill out. De quad.
5: That's great. See, you're getting it. No problemo. I kept
4: it in there. I had to. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good.
2: Uh, well, we're, as long as it's not on the radio, we're good. Exactly. Uh, then Otherwise, we're getting an FCC violation. Uh, but this is Action Movie Rewind here. Every single Friday, we do deep dives, entirely two deep dives, into some of the great and corniest action movies of all time here on Mackie and & Judd. And last week, we awarded only our third perfect 10 score, in the history of action movie rewind, which goes back almost a year, Terminator was a perfect ten across the board for us, tying it with Die Hard and Halloween. And I believe, Declan, you put up—did you put Terminator Two up for vote last week? I did, and it won the vote. And so this is the first time that we have done back to back in a movie series, and uh, we're going to dive into Terminator Two: Judgment Day from 1991. And, have and you guys have we, ever seen this movie no, straight through? I
5: haven't done front to back. Have we ever done also a sequel at all in Action Movie Rewind? Have we done any kind of sequel?
1: Yeah, um, we, we did, be, but we hadn't watched oh, the Die first Hard. one. And well, we've w- done Rocky Ramble. Four. We did Die Hard One and Two, okay. and we've done Die Hard One and Two, and we it. did Rambo believe- Three. That's right. Yeah, that's right, the okay. third I'm one from that the Rambo franchise. Rocky Four, um, but I, I don't know that we had done. Had we done the first one and then the sequel to that? I don't think that we had.
2: We did Mad Max Two, but
1: we didn't do Mad Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, we won't be doing Mad Max.
2: We've done Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but we didn't do uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm glad about that, too. I think you'd like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think Ark. you
5: would, too. Raiders. I did not favorite. enjoy
2: the second one. I Raiders of the Lost Ark is less campy.
5: Yeah. At the second one's my least favorite of all the Indiana Interesting. Jones franchises.
2: Yeah, it was my favorite as a kid, and I thought it would translate well to this. It was just kind—I of, don't know.
5: Yeah, just, that's okay. We all uh, make mistakes. Uh, you,
2: yeah. Sometimes you whiff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> look at running times today, boys. Okay, yes, that is before very you throw a movie out, look at the running time. Listen, I think I think you're a little bit too gung ho about this I running agree. time
2: thing. You need to pump the brakes a little bit, Mister Running Time. I okay, agree. over two hours is probably too. Or much. we're gonna jam Gone with the Wind down your throat yeah. here, executive executive decision. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, 1991. Here's the summary. In this sequel set 11 years after the Terminator, young John Connor, played by Edward Furlong, the key to civilization's victory over a future robot uprising is the target of the shape-shifting T-1000 Terminator, played by Robert Patrick, a Terminator sent from the future to kill John Connor as a kid before he can obviously become the man that... Leads uh, troops against the robots. Another Terminator, the revamped T-800, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has been sent back to protect John Connor as a kid. As John and his mother, played by Linda Hamilton, go on the run with Arnold, the Terminator, the boy forms an unexpected bond with the robot. Now, the original was a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. The critics' consensus says on Rotten Tomatoes, T2 features thrilling action sequences and eye-popping visual effects, but what takes this sci-fi and action landmark to the next level is the depth of the human and cyborg characters, which Judd loves when we get into depth of character yeah. in these movies, yeah. and depth of robots. Go Arnold. Depth of cyborg. Arnold. So the original was a $6 million budget film that they turned into a huge hit. So they went from six million to six million dollar budget, which most of that was probably spent on Arnold Schwarzenegger coming off back to back Conan movies and being one of the you know biggest weightlifting stars. It was in not spent on special effects. No, it was not. So they jump seven years later, and James Cameron has become even more of a star director at this point, and they get the biggest budget in cinematic history—a hundred million dollar budget at the time for this film. Turned into $520 million at the box office. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, Edward Furlong. And uh, as I mentioned, directed by James Cameron. We'll start with Judd. Your main takeaway or takeaways from Terminator 2 Judgment Day.
1: A very interesting film. Um, I had not seen this one. And I don't know if I've seen bits and pieces of this one previously. I don't recall if I had. But I uh, I definitely was not aware. I knew at some point in time that Arnold became the good guy but i didn't remember if it was in this film which it definitely was so this one had had definitely just from a starting point more humor better dialogue and and my god did the jump to cgi not change the world <laughs> yeah. like in 84 it looks totally. like atari it's like hey hey shoot something across the screen it'll look cool <laughs> by 91 those special effects I mean now now they're not great, but they're pretty damn good still like they they're hold, just they hold up they yeah, hold they up c g i changed the the world as far as films went now, the downside was because of of that and the budget being huge, they basically started to write and didn't stop they're they're like, but what if we change this? no, 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 don't change that, change this, and so. It did go too long, and it got a little bit confusing. Like I was taking notes, and so <laughs> I stayed engaged. But like, if you watched th- that film compared to the first one, y- you had to pay attention to be aware of the jumps of the script. Basically,
2: what, what were like? What were the parts that were the Terminator
1: part disappears for a long period of time when they go and the try, bad guy Terminator, oh, the, yes, the, two, the two, and they try and reverse, and they and they basically spend a good portion in. The, in the back half of the film, trying to reverse the history. And then the bad the bad guy disappears for an extended period there. Uh, I'm not saying it was impossible. The first one, though, was a really easy follow. This one became more difficult. Um, and then also, the one thing I didn't get as far as my takeaway was, and it's a bit of a rhetorical question and probably dumb, but how was this not the last one? Like they solved everything uh, because I, it made five hundred million dollars right, in the box office. But you, so, but you solved every. But, but your problem was you left right. nothing oh, open. I know you, what the Judge's saying here. You were done. Like like you. The one thing I didn't get is if if you're going to go to the lengths that they did to write basically at least two, if not three parts, you needed to leave something open, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They solved. Yeah. In, in fact, I'll, I'll get to, uh, to this in my at least. Favorite part. They solved everything. And so my takeaway was it was fun to watch. I thought it went by for its time pretty quickly, the time that the film ran. But all of that being said, they also, I think, um outthought themselves just a little bit as far as what they probably intended to do to leave things wide open for a T3.
2: So I don't know. I've never seen the other Terminator movies. I've seen... And it's funny because going into the last two weeks, I had never seen the first two Terminator movies straight through. I've seen chunks of them Mm -hmm. for three decades on TV, but I had never seen them straight through. I actually didn't. I didn't feel like the plot was hard to follow. I felt like they were. I felt like there were there were loops to jump through mentally yes. that will that we'll get to. Oh de- yes, definitely. But um, the plot. But the plot. Well, I mean, we're talking about a movie where we are sending robots back correct. from 2029. So I guess like, of course, there are mental hoops to jump through.
1: But the plot. The <laughs> plot part that I guess I didn't get is why the the bad guy disappeared for so long.
2: Well, because he the bad guy is not a superhero in that sense. Like he's not Superman. He's not going to just like show up where you are. He has to travel to where you are. So they they ditched him. I can't remember the exact location, but they ditched him and they got in a car and they said, "Let's drive as far. Let's drive
0: oh, south." No, right?
1: But I'm talking about when when they go to try and change the course of the the actual um, the the actual destruction of the world. They like started just focused on that for a long period of time. And forgot about the first part of the storyline. I you're, get what you're saying. You're saying when they went to go find the guy that Who, took the, the, nuclear, the hand of the Terminator yes. and created. They just sort of like just shoved the rest of, of the plot aside for a and I, extended period. And I
2: took that to be like, all right, they've escaped for now. And, and and they've got a, a small amount of time to go and try and fix this, but eventually the T-1000 is going to find them again, and he did. I guess that's how I interpret it. Yeah,
1: and right. I just want, wanted that to be gone be, because <laughs> no, then I can stitch the, the entire film back together and get you to 145. <laughs> but it's a huge part of the story. There, I try- love
5: movie critic Judd. <laughs> I I would I would pay for no, Judd's all-gad movie reviews. But,
1: but Dex, that part, it, <laughs> if you took that part out, yeah. that's the third installment. Right. And I I know. Oh, okay. I see. So the third installment, the third one, should have been reverse history.
5: Yeah. Have you seen the third one? Rise of the Machines.
2: No. But I'm just telling you, they're done. What happens in Rise of the Machines?
5: Um. So they send back what's called the TX, which is a woman, and she's also like an indestructible, (laughs) even upgraded version of the T1000. Who
2: who plays?
5: Uh, it's some random, non really. Honestly, T3 is Wanda Rousey is like just a. Not a disaster. Meg Meg Ryan. (laughs) Um, It's just more really campy and fake. And and John Connor is like, it's basically Arnold goes back to protect John Connor and John Connor's girlfriend while the TX is trying to once again kill John Connor. And eventually, I I I, I don't even care. If I'm spoiling this here. No, go ahead. No, it's fine. People, yeah. We're, the end. Like eventually, the machines are rising. Like machines are coming up, and the movie ends with those nukes happening in the world, and John receiving a, like the first distress call from a bunker, being like, "This is John Connor." What do we do?
2: Terminator 4, by the way, is a rom-com. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. It's, uh, it's
6: I love you, too. It's
2: it's Arnold, and it's Sarah, and they're together. Uh, and McConaughey, stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's working at an ad agency. How to lose a
1: ter- Terminator, to lose Terminator, Terminator in nine days. <laughs> I've lost my Terminator.
2: Uh, Dex, what was your main takeaway from T2 Judgment Day?
5: My main takeaway is just the jump from, honestly, really low-budget, cool, cult film and original terminator which is as we heard last week is basically kind of it's very similar to halloween and that's what cameron wanted to do so you saw this low budget very simple kind of film and in t2 it is just so hollywood and commercialized for for better or for worse but it is you can literally see it jump from all right arnold has like 12 lines in the first one and it's just really a cat and mouse game with ditzy sarah connor and this random dude that comes back from the future and they're just trying to Hide, hide, hide from the Terminator, mm-hmm. to T2 where it's explosions and there's 90s references and there's funny and there's, there's comedy involved. Yeah. It's a complete, like, it, it, it becomes a, I wouldn't say it sells out, but one could make that argument that it, it sells out. And that's where I, I am with Judd, them making Rise of the Machines and then the spinoff of, uh, I believe, Salvation with Christian Bale or whatever the hell it is, like, they should have stopped right here. There is no reason to continue to make more Terminators. Yeah,
2: well, I think this happens all the time in yes. movies where, boy, well, the story is kind of over, but holy crap, we made a half billion dollars at the box right. office. Let's keep, let's but what's keep weird trying is to pair the onion.
1: This is why when you do the second one, you leave yourself an uh, alternative storyline, like leave something open, like don't solve every – if you don't go 216 – then you don't solve the entire thing. Well, they
2: must have left something open. They had like three more
1: Terminator That's movies. That's the point, though. De- Dex is <laughs> right. They they didn't. They yeah, forced they didn't. it. They yeah. forced it when they easily could have, have had the third one be the entire thing of going back and back then and trying to find the guy who had the arm, as you said, Phil, yeah. and then go from there. And, you know, yeah,
5: and in their defense, this last one that they just made. Um, Dark Fate, which came out last summer, is supposed to be the first one that connects back to Judgment Day, because all the other ones they've made have nothing to do with Judgment Day.
1: Because they knew they were done.
5: That's they interesting. They should have been done. So they try to put it back. You know together. what they could
2: have done at the end of T two? If you guys, you guys remember uh, uh, the the first Born movie where yeah. where Jason Bourne is presumably dead in this body of water, and in the the credits are about to roll, and it's like his his lifeless body in the bottom in the body of water and then all of a sudden like he starts kicking and swimming and that moby song kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Moby. So they could have done that yep. but in moby. in the in the hot lava like terminator like you know you see him swimming away. Oh. Uh my main takeaways, I had I had two of them. One might be a hot take. Okay. The my first main takeaway is this is and I don't think this is a hot take. This is legitimately one of the best sequels I can remember. It's a I, I it's a really that. good sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think in terms of like action movie sequels, mm-hmm. I I really think Die Hard two holds up. Um, I'm a huge Mark for Rocky movies, <laughs> so there there are other action movie franchises that have great sequels. Beverly Hills Cop had some entertaining sequels, but I don't know that anything ever lived up to the first one. Uh, by by the time they got to the third one, it was like they're at a they're at like Valley Fair, and there's you know it's it's super weird. It's like an amusement park, and it's more of a just a, a weird comedy. This you could make a case and a lot of people do that this was a better movie than the first one. Very different movies because the budgets were, you know, right. 95 million dollars apart. Right. But this one had like Judd said more comedy, this one had m- more action scenes, CGI, and we'll get into some of the CGI facts. So I my first main takeaway is this movie really really held up as a great sequel. My second takeaway is kind of a hot take. Okay. I thought this was an
5: incredible
2: acting job by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger gets enough credit for being as good of an actor. Why are you crying? He's kind of viewed as this caricature like, oh, he talks funny and he's got steroid muscles. So at some point in the discussion for this movie, they said, listen, Arnold, you're a robot who displays human tendencies. And you have to sort of like learn more human emotion and tendencies throughout the movie and connect with a boy, but but remain a robot, a cyborg sent from 2029 to kill people. There's a lot of nuance there, and I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger nailed the nuance. want the damn character I think he best deserves actor more nominee, credit and the best actor is Arnold he deserves more credit for being a great actor.
5: I mean huh. <laughs> You're like a machine underneath, right? But sort of alive outside.
4: I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton.
5: Okay. <laughs> um. You're not here to kill me. I figured that part out for
3: myself. So what's the deal?
4: My mission is to protect you.
6: Who sent you?
4: You did. Thirty-five years from now, you reprogrammed me to be your protector here in this time.
5: This
2: is deep. So he's gotta be a robot. Yep. He's gotta be funny. Yep. He's gotta be charismatic. He's good. Kind of human and evolve his character over the course of the movie, but still be a cyborg who can and you know kill what? anyone in his path. I gotta say, Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger gets a bad rap as an actor, and this was great stuff. Exploring that exact path, I would make a, ve- a very good case because this film came out in nineteen ninety-one that Arnold prepared for this role with his appearance in kindergarten cop. He did. Well like this is sort of the kindergarten cop Schwartzy. So you were gonna take we're gonna take the like the
2: muscle bound Conan the Barbarian roles where he doesn't speak. Yep. And then we're gonna take the other end of the Shut spectrum, the, the kindergarten cop. We're gonna blend those two things together. Yeah
1: and we're going to make him him, him part machine, part man. Yeah. I'm telling you. So oh, Best uh,
2: actor. What was your what was your favorite part of this movie, Judd?
1: Um it was the relationship to me between the kid and and, and Schwartzy. See, I thought you were gonna hate that. Yeah,
5: me too. I literally had it wrote down. Judd's gonna hate this. The the kid. Why? Because he's you like a why? little you, twerp, and you hate that kind of stuff. You yeah, no, no, you hate no, corny
2: stuff like that.
5: No,
1: no, but but the kid's pretty good.
5: Really? This
2: is the first movie he was ever in, by the way. And then he was in Pet Cemetery, too. And two. then he had like huge drug X. problems after that yeah. and became a boozer. He's back on Instagram now, though. So if you want to follow Oh, really? Him. Yeah.
1: It's fur- cool. it's Furlough? Yeah.
2: For f- Eddie Furlough. Eddie
1: Furlough. Yeah. So my favorite part is Furlong. Furlough? Furlong. I have no idea.
6: <laughs> but he it's did got a lot of the drugs furlong. and furlong. booze the and his uh, life yeah. got
1: off track. And now yeah. it sounds like it's back on track <laughs> and he's sort of fat now, which is outstanding. Yeah. That's great. Um, my in in fact so this is going to shock both of you my favorite part then in particular um and these films both of these films did a really good job of and i'm, I'm sure it was largely by accident foreseeing where we would be as a society in 2021 <laughs> my favorite part in particular was the the bit of dialogue between the kid and Arnold, where where the kid sees two little boys fighting, and and he says, "We're not going to make it, are we?" And wow. Arnold said, "It's in your nature to, to destroy yourselves." Prophetic. It was yeah, it, prophetic, yeah. and it was a great exchange, and and that's why I'm sort of on on Phil's side here. Arnold did a really good job of of at times coming off as a protector and as Coming off as as the kindergarten cop guy, uh, but I love that exchange because that exchange then is more true now, probably. Yeah, I mean, so like and it if, sounds like a weird thing, but and I think that's they, they said at part. the
2: beginning of the movie that the nuclear holocaust was 1997. It took place. They did, yes, that's correct. And the setting for this movie was 1995, even though it was filmed in 1991. Mm-hmm. And so what they were saying is, hey, life as you see it here in the mid 90s, there's going to be a nuclear holocaust in 1997. In this case, driven by robots taking over uh, intelligence and taking over humans, right? So, uh, like, how scared are you guys that in two years from now, we could just get wiped off the face of the earth by robots or ourselves in some way? I'm old. I don't care.
5: I am one of those people who is for. I know this is going to sound very bad, but I am for human error for these exact reasons because I do not want technology to turn on us.
2: So you don't want an electronic strike zone in case at some point that's the electronic that's strike a little zone different. lights a nuke downtown Minneapolis. You're out, you're out, you're out.
5: You are a cheater. You're I'm calling out. I'm you, throwing out. you out. I'm you out of
1: the game. You're holding <laughs> forfeit, forfeit, forfeit. Uh,
5: no, I, I I am for human error, and I know that's a kind of a controversial take, but I am for human air because I know this kind of stuff can happen. And, and, in fact, in another great Arnold piece, I love when he explains how Skynet <laughs> becomes alive.
4: The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. (laughs) It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. (laughs) In a panic, they try to pull the plug.
3: Skynet fights back.
4: Yes. It launches its missiles against the targets in Russia.
3: Why attack Russia.
6: Different.
4: Because Skynet knows that the Russian counterattack will eliminate its enemies over here. Jesus, I love the I love the anecdote about Russia
2: because know are we, we Russian, are, are we friends now? Yeah, are we friends now? We never know. We never quite know.
1: And, and with make no mistake, it's Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, two forty-eight <Yeah>. Eastern <laughs> time. Eastern time. Hawaiian I didn't time. I realize
2: that. I
1: did not Pacific, that. Pacific,
2: Can we time. watch? Can we watch the West Coast feed of the nuclear yeah.
1: holocaust, or is it? Hey, we're in California. We're fine still because it ain't two forty eight here.
2: Um, uh, we're, so uh, we're, we're, favorite part for Declan, what was your favorite part?
5: Uh, my favorite part is the evolution of Sarah Connor. So Sarah, she's, Connor. she's ripped
2: in this movie, man.
5: Yes. That was a big deal too. In the first Last film, that the time. she's just kind of this ditzy, yep, kind of dumb character. Yeah, to she she's lost. Be honest. Yeah. She's lost. She's confused. And in Terminator 2, she turns into a complete badass. And I know she's in a psych ward because people think she's crazy, but the scene even with the bunker of weapons down in in wherever the hell they are, like near the border in Mexico, I thought that part was awesome. When she goes to kill the guy who invents Skynet, essentially, and then she can't do it, but then... They're basically telling about him. She's just sitting there in the kitchen smoking a heater
1: Yep. in the middle of their kitchen. She, dude, she is hardened to life by then. Yeah. I
5: love the evolution of Sarah Connor. Also, on it, one of James Cameron's five wives. Yes. She, really? She married they James married. Cameron for like a year or two in, in like the mid-90s. I looked this up. Wow. But she did get big. But, but like she, she was yeah, ripped. Yeah, she became awesome. She's doing those pull-ups. She's you know, stabbing the stabbing the wards with pens. Like, I think it's awesome how she goes from, like, just kind of the typical dumb, ditzy uh, uh, main character in the first one to this complete 180 badass. I love it,
2: man. There, I have so many favorite things about this movie. This movie gave me great joy watching it, watching it back last night. I think the opening scene might actually be my favorite part of the movie. We we played one of the clips where he he walks into the dive bar completely naked and the other thing, too, is like we've established reviewing Terminator 1 last week that apparently, time travel, you have to be naked. Uh-huh. Even if you're That's a real there. human, right? Yep. You have to be naked when you, why yep. can't you wear jeans? What happens when you travel through time with like just a pair of sweatpants or something? Can't make it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Do your clothes, I guess you die, choke you out or something? Yeah, you must die.
5: They like melt to your skin. You never know.
2: It's super weird. It's funny, though. Yeah. But he walks in, he, he asks for, he, he says, I need your clothes, your boots, your motorcycle. I thought that was great. Kicks everyone's ass. Um, but I think I think the part that I like the best is more of a thematic thing that Declan can appreciate, maybe more than Judd. In that Terminator turning into a good guy for this movie is one of the all-time great face turns yes. in either wrestling or <laughs> movie history. Mm. Yeah, you know, a face turn for those who are uninitiated with wrestling terminology. Good guys are called faces in wrestling, and bad guys are called heels. So when you have a heel turn, it's like you know. We're in the ring, we're tag team partners, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, and boom, like, you kick your partner in the face and you turn bad, right? That happens all the time. Oftentimes it's harder to turn a bad guy into a good guy, because you need something really crazy. You can't just, like, clock him over the head with a chair. Mm -hmm. Right. You need something, uh, some sort of a hook. And I think for Arnold to be one of the great villains of all time in the first one, and then become this great face, good guy character... I made a list, Dex, of just a handful of the great wrestling face turns of all time. Okay. Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13. Yep. When he passes out in the sharpshooter with blood pouring down his face. And the crowd just loved his tenacity and his unwillingness to tap out. He'd rather pass out. Then tap out and I watched lose a match the, uh,
5: 97 Royal Rumble after Terminator 2 last night. It was on WWE Network. Where wow. Stone Cold wins his first one. A first of three Royal Rumble wins <laughs> Just Stone Cold.
2: Stunning everybody. Yeah. Uh, Batista turning face on Evolution that when he awesome. returned the favor with the thumbs yeah, down to Triple awesome. H on SmackDown. That was a good one. The Undertaker, I think he turned on Jake the Snake Roberts in like 1992 and became mm-hmm. a good guy. Terminator and The Undertaker, very similar characters. When...
5: Uh, When Triple H reformed with Shawn Michaels and they started DX the second time, that was also pretty big. Because Triple H always, I think he actually plays a better heel than he does a face. But when when he turned, when that DX came back, I mean, that was pretty flippant. It
2: was. And then Andre the Giant at WrestleMania six, I believe it was, he'd been a bad guy for a long time. And he turned on his manager, Bobby Heenan, the weasel Bobby Heenan, in the ring and slapped him around and got the standing ovation from the crowd. (laughs) So I'm wondering, like, if if this had been done through a wrestling prism, how would the face turn have happened? Would Arnold have, you know, Arnold and the T1000 are tag team partners, and Arnold takes a steel chair or a flamethrower,
1: and I don't know. But
2: I, I I put this in the context of
1: wrestling face turns in it, and
6: they they gives did
2: me a great
1: joy. They did a fantastic job of not allowing you, at least in the first part of the film, to know who was going to be the good guy and bad guy. Yeah. It was hard because at first you you're... think he's going to kill the kid, right? And you're like, I think he's going to kill the kid, and then and then he doesn't, and you're like, oh, this is a a twist, right? And it's and like I had kind of known going in. It's been a long time since I've even
2: seen clips of this, but if you're watching it for the first time, it's probably a great mystery. And at thrill. first, it was like, probably oh, really cool. What's happening right. here. in theaters? Yeah, no yeah, question. Absolutely. All right, the, the your least favorite thing, Jud Uh
1: My least fa- favorite part is is this. So, back to my takeaway. They spend the first part of the film it's basically it's basically um the two terminators battling which which is fine that's cool. The second then part of the film is that they go and find this Miles Dyson to try and stop Skynet from happening in the first place, okay? But then we go back to to the terminators battling again after that storyline is done. Which then, and my biggest problem was that last scene took way too long. Like, I loved the first scene. I actually didn't mind any scene until they basic they basically decided that they were going to make the last scene as as long as possible. Should it have just ended at La Vista,
2: baby? Yeah, I mean, you you just could have ended there, right? You could have
1: sped the entire thing up. Yeah, but here's my but here's my least favorite part of the entire thing. All right, so so. If the Miles Dyson Skynet thing worked, which it did, they stopped him. They stopped the entire thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they stopped the eventual two years down the road n- nuclear explosion from happening, which then which then stops the machine, right? The entire thing of having to come back is done. The second that you stop the entire thing from happening, yes. Um, then life goes the on normal. Terminator's role is over, so so that makes the last part unnecessary. Oh, I see. So so when he when he hits the self destruct button
2: on the Skynet project, that's right? over. Then
1: then the nuclear then, war doesn't happen.
2: Right, but that right, but you got to keep in mind, T one thousand was sent from two thousand two. He's no longer in the future.
6: Mm-hmm. He's, right. the,
2: he's now a t1000 in 1995
1: right but they should have alerted him then your job is done because we're all screwed <laughs> but, <laughs> but they, but they can't him. alert
2: him because your they don't job exist is anymore. done your job is done <laughs> but, but like was that,
1: that was that was <laughs> the key thing once, these, once that's done it's over okay these are the
2: i'm going to cut in line here and give you my least favorite thing because like judd and i are kind of thinking on the same wavelength we're we're both going down this path of Well, wait a second. Okay, if time travel's possible, and if you can change the future by doing things you know, in the present and the past. So the biggest flaw for me is this. Adult John Connor catches wind that Skynet has sent a T-1000 Terminator back to 1995 to kill a younger version of himself, right? Correct. And he has said, well, I can't let that happen. I'm going to send a Terminator back. To fight the T-1000 to make sure that he doesn't kill the younger version of me. But I've got an old one. Right? So he's got an old one, which is weird. Like, I don't know why he... So they must have, they must have like, a black market for, like, the old Terminators, and he reprogrammed it or something?
6: Yeah,
1: Terminator, get your Terminator here! But- <laughs> Twenty-five cent. <laughs> <laughs> terminator. Hey, we that? got
6: terminators. for terminator, free. Terminator, 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 terminator's
1: free <laughs> pencil comes with the terminator. So I think my question
2: would be if if it was easy enough to get access to an old model Terminator that was slightly inferior but still obviously like good enough to do some damage back to your power T-1, source
1: that they didn't know about.
2: Why wouldn't you look to find multiple older models? Like why would why wouldn't you
1: just send like five back uh, to hunt the T one thousand? They explain that it can only be one a piece. What do you mean? One? Well, so there's only one. At one part, they explain that in, I believe, I think it was the n- narration perhaps at the beginning of the second one. Okay. They explain that you can only send one back per per fight. So you can only send one model back. Exactly. So you can only, but why you wouldn't also try and get your hands on a new one is not explained.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's because that was my other question. Why wouldn't you try to get one of equal power? Because the new
1: guy has, has the special effects of morphing in and he's got the, he's got the fi- Finger thing where where he can actually stab you with like a a knife or something because his finger turns into a knife. But they did try and explain that. But there were a lot of things where I'm like, okay, the fight's done then, really, right?
2: Well, and then the other thing that that doesn't really make sense, and this is a tactical error by the by the T1000 Terminator or whoever sent him Skynet. This is a tactical error by Skynet. Okay. Okay. So John Connor in 1995 is 11 years old. Around he's like 11 or 12 years old, right? cuz she was pregnant in 1984 and so he's 11 years old. Yep. So uh, he's definitely a kid, but he's also like he's pretty savvy and he can steal money from ATMs and and he's and, and he's he's eventually smart enough to lead to lead a resurrection, right? Of 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 humans. So if you're going to send a T1000 back in time to go kill a younger version of John Connor, why wouldn't you just send him back to when he's like 5 years old and he's just completely defenseless? Yeah, I don't know. Why, why would you yeah. send him back to kill That's an 11-year-old version that is, like, pretty tactical for an 11-year-old, right? Right. How about a scooter? One. and right, you just, Of You're all right. the different points in time. Or, I mean, this sounds heinous, but, like, why wouldn't you just send him back when
1: she's, like, pregnant or something? And they tried.
5: Well, they, yeah. They lost. They tried to kill her.
1: When she was right before,
5: before she gets pregnant. Yeah, oh, I know that's that's well, that's the
2: first. But I mean, that's the (laughs) first. Right, but you would just repeat.
1: But I think their goal was was to like continue to move things. My my guess is that the writers didn't send one back to try and kill a little kid because that that would almost be a repeat of the first one. Yeah, and they wanted more dialogue. Like it was very, it was very clear that they're they're like we got. A huge budget, let's write some dialogue, and let's get Arnold a lot of lines. Which is why I will say this. I like the storyline as much as this shocks you guys between Arnold and the kid. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Dex, what was your least favorite part of T2 Judgment uh, Day?
5: I, I thought it was going to be a judge, but I, I did not like John Connor. I didn't like this wow. punk-nosed kid. Um, he, he's very tactical and smart, I'll give him that. But I didn't like his, 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 his snotty attitude. I also did not appreciate... <laughs> how like at the beginning of the film where he's living with his foster parents and that's fine to resent his foster parents but he's telling his buddy well my mom's crazy like yeah she tried to burn down a psych ward she's dead to me I don't even care about her and then and then he's just completely a okay even I know the, the Terminator right. comes back good point he's like oh yeah maybe my mom wasn't crazy but then all of a sudden he's just like totally back in yeah i yeah, oh, hey, save my mom yeah. hey, I'm mom. ordering hey, mom. you to you. save her haven't seen you in forever let's break you out of the psych ward I did not appreciate young John Connor. I okay. thought he was just
2: annoying. Hey, A quick note, you bring up the foster parents there, too. A quick note, these are terrible foster Horrible. parents. Okay? So a couple things on the foster. And I get the being a foster, I've never been a foster parent, but I'm sure it's difficult because you've got kids who are displaced. And, oh, it's tough. Yeah, it's got to be tough. Trust well, me, it's, it's tough. Uh, empathy for the foster parents. but But the T-1000 <laughs> shows up in a police uniform. And so to them, a cop shows up at their door. And right. they know that their kid is like off and he, he went off on his bike and he just disappears. He's a bad far. kid. But this cop shows up, doesn't show his identification or anything. He's acting very socially awkward for a police officer because he's a robot. And he asks a bunch of vague questions. <laughs> and he, so he asks a bunch of vague questions, you know, uh, where is your son? Can is I your son's a, name can John Connor? Can I get can a, I a picture? picture? Can I keep the picture? And yeah. the foster parents are like, ah, oh, whatever. That was weird.
5: <laughs> they stunt.
2: Uh, and then later on, like he calls from a phone booth, and they were and they were just like, "Oh, where are you?" Yeah.
5: And then my second favorite le- or second uh, least favorite part of this film was I, I think the T one thousand should have died with the with the carbonate with the uh, liquid. What is it called? Nitrogen. Nitrogen. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of lame how all right, awesome. He's frozen. He gets shot. I thought so too. Yeah. And
1: You're then right, the good point.
5: fire puts him back together, but then also he's still killed in the fire like eventually right. then yeah melted. yeah at some
1: point in time you would have died yeah I was that's a great point. I think
5: you should like, I was but, totally okay with Arnold sacrificing himself knowing like that the last chips inside of me that's fine but I didn't appreciate how he was like frozen Melts together, forms back, and then also melts again in the fire. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we just kill them in the badass way with the liquid nitrogen?
1: Because they wouldn't stop writing. Like, you're yeah. you're right. Like, at some point, just end it. That's fine. It's cool. It's been a really good movie. It's, it's almost like I they, did like it. It's almost like they're like,
2: man, they gave us $100 million for yes. this. We're, we've only yeah. used ninety. What else do you guys want James to do? James Cameron yeah. said, I'm
1: James Cameron. <laughs> we have a surplus. Let's go again. <laughs> um, I, I did think, though, that this film, compared to the first, had a very human touch mm-hmm. down to this. I like the softer version. Of Did you notice? Judge. Did you? Well, but it's, it's, it's a very nuanced thing. Did you guys, one thing I really liked, they didn't kill anybody that you didn't want dead. Foster parents were awful. Like yep. you were glad they yep. died, right? Yep. Um, the guard at the, Asylum, who gets killed, yeah, all those had, licked, had licked her oh, face before, God. which is disgusting. Yeah. And, like, he was a bad—you you could tell, right? Derelict, right? He dies, I think. So, like, they didn't kill one person. And, and, of course, the kid told Arnold, you know, you don't need to kill people, which is why he started to shoot them in the kneecaps. Um, but they—but I'm serious. Think about this. Did they kill one person who you said, oh, that's too bad? They really didn't? I mean, they killed Arnold.
2: If by they you but mean he sacrificed like himself.
1: Yeah. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying, as far as the death toll of people being like hurled through glass, can
2: you take a guess as to it or I, shot? I have the death toll in front of me right now. You can take a guess as to what the death toll in this movie was. Oh, I'd like to know what it is compared to the first one. That's uh, very interesting. Actually, let me
1: find the first one. Too. Um, I'm going to say the death toll. Uh, I don't think it's that high. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, a, may, maybe around twenty. Yeah, I was total. I, I like, wouldn't put more than two dozen. With with extra casualties, extras uh, ac-
2: according to according to listofdeaths.com, it's fifty three. Oh. There were fifty three deaths in this movie. It, really? Now you gotta. Now you gotta keep in mind how many innocent bystanders tend to die in these, like people people who are in the Skynet area or yeah, like right the workers. extras, yeah. And even in the first Terminator movie, when he walks into that uh, that nightclub and he's looking for Sarah Connor. He just starts mowing down. Oh, the first, yeah, one had, the first
1: one had a lot of death. Yeah. The first one had a high death toll.
2: Yeah. Okay. What was interesting? What was the least believable thing about this movie? Judd. Oh, okay. Mine
1: is very simple. <laughs> okay. In the scene in the building where they take Miles Dyson to find the first Terminator arm.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And they're trying to. By time, while the cops respond, and they do a pretty good job until the end where the cops come in and start to shoot. They shoot Miles Dyson no fewer than 10 times with a machine gun. Yes. Like, they are blowing him away. Like, your body would explode. Your body would come apart. Like, yeah. if you were to be shot. You'd be torn in half. Yeah. yeah. You, your torso would, would be in one part of the room. Your head would be in a different part of the room. Not only do they not kill him with these again machine gun blasts, okay? He manages to stay alert enough to keep his finger on the on the detonation button. I can't hold it. And much longer. yeah, I can't hold it much longer, dude. You've been shot so many bleeping <laughs> times. You you've got to be dead. And then and then, so he finally he finally dies. It, it's like oh man, all those machine gun bullets finally got to Miles Dyson he drops the detonator the building blows up like they show it blowing up it's a pretty cool blow up right it's a massive
2: explosion yeah
1: the elevator in which in which they're in is still fine and in fact running and the downstairs lobby is still very much intact yes like the entire thing's not plausible miles dyson would die and that building would be if not destroyed completely blown to smithereens and that's a
2: hilarious thing that happens in some of these movies like a lot of the movies that we are reviewing an action movie rewind are just completely unbelievable implausible premises to start with totally and so when you're dealing with something as implausible as liquid metal cyborg from 2029 comes back to you know is time traveling etc right so you've got this completely implausible can't you clean some of that stuff up? Can't you? You know, maybe you should have to get a hundred yards well, away from the building in your escape, and then the next scene takes. But why place does somewhere Miles
1: else? Dyson have to be shot twenty-seven times I with know. a machine gun? Can't, like you don't, you don't even need that. You could just be shot like twice, exactly yeah. with a normal gun. <laughs> like I could buy him being shot in like the torso and leg, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I can barely hold on, but your your body would literally explode. Yeah. Yep. I ha- I actually have kind of a similar one in that again. One the,
2: the macro here is that. The the premise of this movie is wholly unbelievable in itself. But the thing that I wrote down for this particular category that was like, oh come on, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense, was when the kid, when kid John Connor is riding that little dirt bike scooter that probably I don't know, probably maxes out at like forty miles an hour or something, right? <laughs> and he's e- evil can evil. Yep, and he and he rides it down into that little yeah. little ravine area, mm-hmm. and T one thousand guy has stolen a semi truck. And he drives the semi-truck in and out of traffic on the freeway. I have
1: this in my notes. And he jumps over he
2: jumps the notes. freaking bridge or whatever that was and goes down like 30 feet, 20, 30 feet, lands perfectly. And I'm like, come on. So two things off this. One, that's completely ridiculous. That semi-truck would either have flipped over. He would have. Uh, he would have, he would have, he wouldn't have died himself cause he's a T 1000, but he would have totaled the semi truck. Right. Oh yeah. Can do that? Right. Yes. And then he would have been back on foot. <laughs> this is my second <laughs> thing but, in my, but then, but then the other thing is and this, and this premise pops up in so many movies, semi truck chasing somebody on foot or on a bike. Yep.
1: Cause they, wa- do you know how
2: impossible it would be to track someone down who's nimbly. On, I know that you can drive faster than they can run or bike, but like. You should never get chased down by a semi truck, ever, unless you're in a car. Like in that movie from the seventies. I think it was a Spielberg movie. Uh uh Duel. Duel. Duel's yes. a
1: great his first film was a great. But even then, like movie. like in
2: duel, like, okay, this guy's got a semi truck, just turn around. Like he can't turn around easily. You're driving right. on a mountainside. Right. So anytime there's a semi-truck chasing somebody down, I'm like, that's
1: ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. You're so right. So. I, I've got the same thing. <laughs> like the and the fact that he went off. The side of that bridge, which means that you would sort of have to stop the truck and, like, I don't know how you would get going again to jump off that thing. Yeah. You're right. And then I love how it's like, oh, it's still in good shape. Yeah. Oh, very operational.
2: Ridiculous. All right, Declan, what was the least believable thing for you? <laughs> All
5: right, two things. Um, I know she's a badass and I love it, but when she breaks out of the prison, Sarah Connor, and she gets the keys and she just knows which key can open each door. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's a little ridiculous. She's got a whole janitor dozens of keys on this ring and she knows which key yeah. does what. Like I know she's an escape artist but at the same time. I thought the same thing. I'm like, "Well, that was lucky." Come on. I think that's a little <laughs> little ridiculous. How do you break a key off like that, too? I don't think that's too hard. I think if you like if you hit it hard enough and when it's in there, you can break off a key. I've broken off a key in my door before, so it it's okay. possible. Declan's like, "I do it all yeah, the yeah, time." Yeah, because he's drawing constantly. No, I don't. I never uh no. No. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sorry. No. Didn't mean to offend you. Uh, second least believable thing for me uh, is, I just hold on. To, oh, wait, yeah. When when she goes to the, the guy's house that invents Skynet, by the way, that kid's wearing a twins cap. Did you guys notice that? I thought that was a twins cap. He's wearing a twins cap. I the, thought the, it the was the boy. M logo. Yeah, he's wearing a twins cap. Oh, is it? I thought yeah. that was a twins, oh, a wow, twins okay. cap. Oh, wow. Super is random. This, is, is this so- 92? 91. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Okay. Okay. No, and it came out before so the World it it Series. Came out in it July. would have had to come out before before but, the World but Series. But it came
2: out right after their fifteen-game winning streak. So maybe sure. they, maybe they post-produced the the Twins hat. But yeah, there. the
5: little kid is wearing a Twins hat. <laughs> Don't not my, kill my daddy. That's not the least believable thing, by the way.
2: That's not that's not what it is. That he's wearing a Twins <laughs> yeah, hat. Yeah, that's that's not coming it. off a last play season in uh,
1: nineteen
5: ninety. God, but uh, <laughs> it's when that she so she almost Alan kills Anderson's them. Alan Anderson's my favorite player. <laughs> she almost kills them, and then they're back in the house. And then they're explaining to them like you're you're going to make this program that's going to literally going to cause the end of the world. But the family is just like sitting there listening while this woman with an assault rifle just tried to take them out. And they're they're like totally understanding of being like, okay, I guess you're right. We've never met this woman before at all. She just tried to snipe my husband and blow yeah. up my kid. You want some coffee? <laughs> but I want some coffee. I got yeah, some cake too. Was just, like, Danish uh, Like if that happened to my family, I would have been like, all right, but, yeah, what's, uh. Let's just have you in my house and have coffee, and
1: she's smoking a heater in the, in the kitchen. And, like, the house it's is amazing. blown apart. Yeah. Like, she's shot through all the windows. Yes, You're right. Dude. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't think about that, but it's that's amazing. a very good point. Yes. So, so here's my question about the end, too. At the end, where where the bad guy Terminator is melting and he's going through that, at one point, did, did you guys see this? He looked exactly like C-3PO.
2: Yes, he did.
1: <laughs> like there was he one did. part where I'm like, "Oh my god, where's R2D2?" Yeah. And then you
2: and then you find out it's actually uh it's a prequel to Star Wars. But I mean seriously, there yeah. there was
1: like a melting scene where it's like that's C3PO. Yeah. No, I I Sons thought the same a thing.
2: Bucks uh, do you guys want some production notes here before we get to bad guy rankings? Yeah, et cetera? let's do it. I
1: think I read some of these. Things.
2: All right. So this was I, I'm paraphrasing this one because I didn't I forgot to write it down. But I remember reading last night that of the one hundred million dollar budget, like fifty three million was for production and CGI and all kinds of other stuff like that. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was highly paid. But then it said in Wikipedia he was given an eleven million dollar private jet. I think they just like got him one. For this movie? To keep or just
1: to use during the filming of the movie? It
2: wasn't clear. Interesting. It wasn't clear. But for sure to use during the filming of the movie. Sure. I don't know that that would cost $12 million. Like private jets are expensive. Do they cost $12 million to rent one for a month
1: and a half while you film
5: a movie? Renting seems a little aggressive for a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: depends if the was really really experts here. Like like souped up though,
3: perhaps.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but Arnold got a private jet out of this thing somehow. Good So uh, here's some other production notes. Regarded as superior to the original film and one of the best sequels ever made, this film influenced popular culture, especially the use of visual effects in films. It grossed $520 million worldwide, becoming the highest-grossing film of 1991 and of Schwarzenegger's career. So this is the most successful movie his career. As well as the highest-grossing R-rated film at the time mm-hmm. until The Matrix Reloaded surpassed it. In two thousand
5: three. Interesting. Four well, re- years after. This yeah, movie wow. received
2: several accolades, including Academy Awards for best sound effects editing, best sound, best makeup, and best visual effects. That's yes. And Arnold should have won best actor, but that's fine.
1: It oh, was man. impressive.
5: Wait, uh what was the box office total for Terminator Two? Do you have that in front of you, Phil? Five
2: hundred million dollars. Or five hundred twenty okay. million dollars, something like that. So
5: I, I I had like my first guess was I, I would figure Scream did better. And Scream did I oh, did one hundred and seventy three at the bottom. Okay, got it. I thought Scream Hor- would so. Be horror there.
2: movies aren't usually, and even though Scream's kind of a parody of a horror movie, horror movies are generally a smaller slice of audience because people sure. just like aren't. I, as
1: I, love, I love. I love. Scream. Scream. Yeah. A, a true guilty pleasure of mine is Scream. The Scream franchise is yeah, just really fantastic. Really it's good, good stuff. Yep.
2: Terminator Two makes extensive use of CGI to vivify the does. main two Terminators. The use of such technology was the most ambitious since the 1982 and 84 science fiction films The Tron and The Last Starfighter, respectively. I've heard of The Tron, Uh, and that's it. And it would be integral to the critical success of the film. Creation, this is amazing, creation of the visual effects cost $5 million and took 35 different people, including animators, computer scientists, technicians, and artists, 10 months to produce. For a total of 25 man years of hours. Wow. But the length of the actual CGI scenes was only five minutes of runtime. So they did all this work, $5 million, and and they sprinkled in this, you know, think about when he melts through the the prison bar. Yeah, sure. That's like a 10-second scene. Right, you're right. So you add up all the CGI parts. It's only five minutes of the movie. It was impressive. But those five minutes sprinkled in made the movie what it was. Yes. So, All right, definitive bad guy rankings here. And the criteria right. that we generally go off of are the level of iconic, ruthless, and charismatic qualities. So mm-hmm. are you iconic? Are you ruthless? Will you actually kill people as a villain? And are you charismatic? And with that, the top five or six villains that we have reviewed so far are the Terminator. The original Terminator is number one on our list as the best villain of all time. Hans Gruber from Die Hard is number two. Michael Myers from Halloween is number three. And I get that that's not a, a horror, or it it's not a, it's not an action movie, but we threw it in there because he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Uh, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, and Cobra Kai from Karate Kid. The T one thousand Terminator is the villain in this movie. Yes. So how would you how would you break? So it down he to?
1: he if we basically have four criterias for this, um, he definitely fits criteria two and three. But the most important ones to me are iconic and and the the potential charisma right and this this in my opinion um probably because the actual special effects and CGI were, were the star i don't think of this one as iconic okay
2: yeah if i go further down the list here mr joshua from lethal weapon ivan drago from rocky 4 i can't put t1000 above ivan no, drago no i it's think he's right.
1: in the middle cuz i do i do think it was quality but it doesn't meet personally for me at least you guys the, my most important criteria and this one to me is for sure not iconic so uh right in the middle section here
2: we've done like 40 of these so the middle is sort of let's see here you got Bodie from Point Break is sort of fringe top 10 i think he's behind Bodie from Point Break yeah yeah i love Bodie i think he's down there and somewhere yeah, okay so he's he's kind of middle i would say like middle upper tier like he's pretty iconic and that he's a terminator Right, but, but he's not, not like as charismatic. Arnold iconic. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna put him down. I'm gonna put him below Bodhi from point break, unless
5: you guys he's, I'm fine with that. And I'm gonna put him below Dom from Fast and the Furious, too. He's definitely ruthless. I don't know if he's super iconic. Yeah. I don't know. I can't put him in a top tier of iconicness. Yeah. If there was a tier of that. He's like in the tier two to three in terms of the iconic.
2: Yeah, okay. that's fair. So he's gonna be outside the top ten and kind of kind of in the middle yeah. section there. All right. All right. That brings us to Our 1 through 10 rating system here. The only three perfect 10s we have reviewed are Terminator, Die Hard, and Halloween. And then we have Taken, John Wick, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, The Fast and the Furious, Expendables, Top Gun, and Roadhouse Mm -hmm. round out the top 11. Mm -hmm. The worst movies we have reviewed in Action Movie Rewind are Kindergarten Cop, Shoot'em Up, Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, and Wanted. The Smack Dab Middle, if you would like it for reference. Die Hard 2, Lethal Weapon, Casino Royale, Karate Kid, Speed, and True Lies. Judd Zilgad, we'll start
1: with you. All right. So I'll preface my comments by saying this. The first, the Mm -hmm. first one is an absolute classic, okay? Yep. So this is, I am not, I actually enjoyed this one, and I am in no way trying to denigrate this one, but this one is not the first one. Okay. Wow. But that does not mean I'm going to give it a bad score. I'm saying last week we gave tens. Like that is rare air Mackie and Judd mm-hmm. and Dex reviews territory. I'm going to give this a very solid seven. Wow. I'm going to give it a That's very, a below average I, score in, in this. A very solid seven. Mm-hmm. A very solid seven.
5: Okay.
2: Don't feel like you have to be influenced by Judds. If you thought this was a ten going in, I don't won't. feel like. You yeah, know. no, 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 nope. no.
5: So, yeah, it's a ten for me. I think it's a perfect score. I, I tried to I tried to talk myself out of it last night. I originally said I think this is a ten because it's a, it's a completely different film. And I as I touched on the main takeaway, it, it's it's not a sellout, but you can tell it's Hollywood injected. Like it, it goes from this cool behind the scenes movie to now it being a very significant um, uh, blockbuster. So for me, it's a ten. I know it's long, but it has hilarious. Stupidity actionness in it. There's a guy who melts into liquid and creates knives with his arms. Um, <laughs> Terminator literally uh, evolves from like no words to being a, a funny dude. I think it's a ten. For me, it's a ten. For me, it's a nine point five. Okay. So I'm
2: right there with Declan on this one. Okay. And I, I don't know. I, I was I was actually about to give it a ten as well because I think this movie is great and I I just love the twist. I love putting Arnold as the good guy. I love I love the. I think the logic within the unbelievable premise of the movie, you know makes sense, okay. They're, they're, now they're going to come back and try and kill John Connor, and so he's you know, So I actually love it all, and I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie. I think it's great, and it, it brought, like Declan said, what was kind of an underground, great action movie into the mainstream. And, and I grew up I remember like I was in second grade when this movie came out. okay? And I remember as a kid. Hasta la vista baby was like the thing that we all said to each other as kids, right? It was just <laughs> oh, yeah. like baked into our consciousness. So, so with that, it is the eight, it's tied for the 8th best action movie that we have reviewed to this point, right there in a tie with The Fast and the Furious and The Expendables. So, boys, we most of the time we put movies up for vote, but I think and we're going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But the feedback we've gotten from people is there are some movies that we should just like use our judgment and say no. You, audience, you would love if we reviewed this movie. The court should rule. So we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a wild card pick, and this week Judd Zolgad is gonna get the uh, is oh, gonna I get see. the wild card okay, pick. Cool. Where we take movies that have sort of been in our ecosystem and we put them up for vote. Ooh, but well, they let's just talk
5: about this. Then. But they
2: just Got haven't. It. So what I want to do here is I would like to. I'm sort of keeping track of like the movies that have been in our collection yep. that we put up for a vote that we think would be a fun review. Trust us, audience, right? But okay. they might not win if put up against Terminator Two sure. in a in a poll. And so I'd like to present once every like two or three weeks. Um, I'd like to just present here are two or three to choose from, and then one of us gets to choose from that collection. Okay, all right. So the ones to choose from this week, and I'll and I'll pull a couple. Like we we take listener submissions too. Judd Zulgad, you get to choose between Above the Law, Demolition Man, and a Bond movie.
1: Hold on a second here. Let me let me let me check out Demolition Man as far as the Google review of, or
2: the, uh, the plot. Demolition was. Man was recommended by multiple listeners, by the way. Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three, I believe it's Wesley Snipes. And no, I'm sorry, it's yeah, it's uh, yeah, Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone it was a uh, a massive blockbuster hit in the early 1990s
1: because i might surprise you by picking it uh let's see make sure you check that run time i, I actually <laughs> did that was the first thing i checked but it's fine it's fine 115 minutes just oh under it's another 20. future uh, film too just under two 2032 bucks. the say, the city of san angeles <laughs> um Above the Law
2: is a Seagull film, and yep, then, which and I've then, been
1: trying to get through, but I don't. But it's gotten no, no traction.
2: And then I would say on the on the Bond, then uh, you would just be deferring to me to choose one that
1: I yeah, think. I think we should other- let you. I think the week of your pick, we, we should let you pick the Bond film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so,
5: go ahead, John. no go
1: So ahead. I I would go. Bit of a surprise, Demolition Man. Wow, there it is. Demolition man for next week.
5: So are we gonna do this just once a month with the wild card picks? Is that kind of the plan? I would say for sure
2: once a month. Okay. And then we can at
5: our discretion we can, we can and add
2: more in if we feel like, oh, we gotta do this movie, but like no one's gonna vote for it.
5: Light ad for a possible tease. So I know we did a, a Halloween based movie for October. Mm-hmm. Well, next month is February. You wanna do it? You wanna do a rom com? I wanna
2: do a rom com. Sure. Yes. I, I wanna do a like rom com. So all right, so on air meeting here. Yeah. By the way, do we have to get to Roy- we have to get to Royce here? Okay, we have a few minutes. Okay, so <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, got if, that. yeah, it's fine. If we do a rom com, we can't put. We we can definitely do it, but like we're not going to make it part of this ecosystem, right? We're not going to do like we're not going to rank. It's do, not going to be within our rankings. Yep, it can't be. So we we almost it then, falls out of it. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just have to just do the movie, and then we can give it our we can have like a side category or something. I think the rom com the rom com could open a whole new door for us. I mean, yeah. think about how many rom
5: coms. I, I want to judge. I just
1: want, want rom com review. I, I like rom coms. Yeah. Oh, there's some good rom coms. Hitch. Yeah. Hitch is a great one. I've seen Hitch.
5: Love Hitch. I, Harry s- met Sally. Harry met Sally. First film. Dude, I Hitch took is on great. To. Hitch is an phenomenal rom com.
1: Hitch is on TBS basically every yeah. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's Will Smith and Kevin James. Is that right?
5: Kevin James, even Mendez.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen one. that one. That, that's it's a good. great film. Okay, so upcoming middle of what's February we'll do a we'll do a we'll rom com. What, what's the one that LeBron did with Amy train Schumer? Wreck. I would. Please don't I've seen do that. Train I've seen that one too. I hate I'm, Train Wreck. You'd be surprised the amount of rom coms. Okay, i I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I just want more Judd Zolgan movie reviews. I this is this is great. Well, huh? I just know how to do them. Oh, okay. Like you got to stitch stuff together, right. you got to get storylines out. You know what they should do? They should send me the script so I can say, "We're cutting this part out." <laughs> we're going to cut this part out. This whole thing, SkyNet thing, we're going to we're going to do that as the third, the T3. Jud's
2: a t- consulting firm. So demolition man for next week and then uh at some point in mid-February we'll we'll do our first rom rom-com here. Hey, we're what expand what, the Mackie and Judd review? Does
1: snakes on a plane qualify? Yeah.
2: As an I've action su- movie?
1: I've, su- yeah. I've suggested that. I've never that. seen it.
5: I've suggested that I think at least twice.
1: It was so panned that I I think I've seen it on TBS, actually.
5: So I've never you- seen it, but I'll add it to
2: our list of yeah. things okay. to put up for. We should put that, I bet you if we put that up for a vote, it might have a chance it, to win.
5: I think when, we, when I did it last time, I think it got second. I, don't, I forget okay. what edged it out, but it was second.
2: Get okay. these snakes okay. off, off my, my plane. Damn plane. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. All right. My, uh, oh, we, we did, we went so long there that my, my uh, computer oh, froze sure. here. So if you'd like to just hit a soundbite on the way out, then
4: we'll talk to Roycey.
6: So this other guy, he's a Terminator like you, right?
4: Not like me. t T-1000. Advanced prototype.
6: You mean
3: more
4: advanced than you are? Yes. I me Alloy.
3: What the
5: hell does that mean?
4: Liquid metal.
5: Like he disguise himself as a pack of
3: cigarettes.
4: No, only an object of equal size.
3: Well, why don't I just become a bomb or something to get me?
4: You can't form complex machines. Guns and explosives have chemicals, moving parts. It doesn't work that way. But you can form solid metal shapes. Like what? Knives and stabbing weapons.
3: One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. For baseball, what a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia! What a marvelous moment for the country and the world!
2: Patrick Royce, uh, seven hundred fifty-five career home runs. Did you? So when when Hank Aaron was finishing out his career in the mid seventies, were you? You were covering baseball by then, weren't you?
3: Yes, I was. He was with the Brewers, and uh, we got to see him a little bit. He was a shadow of himself. I should say that uh, we had Vince Scully at that game. Uh, so it was nationally televised when Henry hit the home run to set the record and they chased him. but I don't think it was on a weekend. We might've done it special. I'd have to check, but we, we might've done it uh, to, uh, you know, because it was going to be such a special occasion and he didn't make him wait long, but yeah, I, I covered him, but, the most memorable thing for me is when the 65 All-Star Game came here to Met Stadium. And, uh, you know, the outfield was uh, Willie Mays, Henry Aaron, and Willie Stargell. And the backup outfield was Roberto Clemente, Billy Williams, and Frank Robinson. Wow. Uh, that National League team that was here in 1965 is the greatest baseball team ever assembled. And uh, of course, Henry Aaron and Willie Mays both played nine innings back then. We didn't mess around, and uh, certainly Willie it, Willie to be's the greatest player of all time. But if you want to talk about two, Aaron's right there, certainly with everybody with about two, three other guys. I would say it's uh, uh, in in seventy. Was it seventy five? He was in Milwaukee. Yep, mm-hmm. seventy five he was a shadow of himself he was in his early 40s by then and uh uh but uh one one thing about him he played his he signed for organized baseball he played 1952 for the at the near the end of the uh negro Leagues. you know they I mean they lasted a while he played for Indianapolis and then he signed with the Braves and I think he played fifty three with Eau Claire in class C. That was his first year. Mm-hmm. And then the and then the next year he was in the lineup for the Braves in Milwaukee. Uh so he jumped from what was class C then, which would be lower than low A now, and he went from there to the big league. So uh to uh the next year and of course became a superstar and uh uh you know league you know, Henry was obviously a huge name and the home run leader and all that stuff. But Seelig really loved him, you know, as a, as a Braves fan when the Braves were there and he brought Henry with him every place and really did all he could to promote the legend of uh, Henry Aaron. And I'm sure he's crushed today, bud, because they were, uh, they became uh, extremely good friends and and, uh, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for bud today.
1: Since last spring, Patrick, Kaline, line Seaver, Brock, Gibson, Morgan, Ford, Sutton, and now this. It's been inc- – oh, yeah. it's incredible. And I know they're old, but still it's incredible. Yeah,
3: it's, I don't care if they're a, old. Some of them not that old, you know. Yeah. Some of them in their 70s. Henry was 86, and uh, we were talking before we came out of here. It is – he very publicly took the vaccine about two weeks ago to try to assure uh, – there's there's this whole legend in the in the black culture of Henry's age group that you cannot you could not trust the government that they were using this to eradicate black people vaccines and stuff like that 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 whole legend you know built up and uh considering the way they were treated uh, you know like you can you can see where the skepticism came and I, and apparently a lot of the people of that generation were afraid of the vaccine for that reason. And Henry publicly took the vaccine to try to get people to say it's okay. Okay. And now that was what, two weeks ago and now he dies. And I'm sure people are, you know, not sane people, but, uh, but the antivirus, the anti-vaccine crowd will probably use this to uh, say, see, you don't want to do this. So I don't think Hank wants that to be his legacy. He wanted you to take the vaccine, folks. So.
2: Yeah. Um, hey, we we were talking about this just off mic, but we were we were having trouble remembering how many home runs Barry Bonds has because <laughs> seven fifty five was etched for four decades, right? And yes. then and well,
3: then what is Barry seventy <laughs> six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. Seven sixty-two
2: yeah. is what is what he landed on. Sixty-two, okay. and he wanted to play longer, but by then the steroid stuff had boiled over, and yes. and and he just basically got blackballed from signing with a team. But but how, when you when you think about the the baseball home run records, um, do you think seven fifty-five? How much did the steroid era just make you not care about some of these counting records?
3: Yeah, I think it made me care less. Yeah, it, it, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I am not of the ilk that says he's the true home run champ. And no, I mean, it doesn't do any good to say that. It doesn't change the fact that, you know, whatever Rob Bonds was doing, he got away with it. Okay, he didn't get the Hall of Fame, but he got away with it. It's in the record book. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, you know, the – in a, in a far different way, the, uh, you know, Roger Maris, he didn't really make, beat Babe Ruth's record because it was a 162 game schedule and 154. And that, and then Aaron, you know, Aaron faced incredible racism when he was passing the Babe, which he just did with Vince Scully describing it here. Uh, I mean, he was, it was, you know, he would, uh, he used to go up and, uh, he kept, a lot of the hate mail and he'd go up and read it once in a while to for whatever reason you know to uh i guess you know to go up there and look at it i remember an si story on that 30 years ago how he still kept the hate mail and i i guess i i don't know why you know he married uh his second wife was billy was it billy williams very active in the civil rights movement uh a, a woman down there an attorney and uh you know, kind of a Stacy Abrams type for that era. And, uh, and very, uh, you know, Henry was very big in the civil rights, uh, causes in the South af- after, after he, after he married her. So
1: J Hap, Patrick, the twins, big ad- addition so far, your thoughts on J Hap one year, 8 million, I believe.
3: Uh, well, uh, you know, I think he had a good warm up for the postseason, for the Twins postseason, with his appearance in the uh, World Series, didn't or not, I mean, in the playoffs, didn't he? He went, uh, went two and a third. So it wasn't a start. They used, Remember, they used. Yeah, the, faced like five guys. They used yep. the opener and brought him in, and he basically ripped the Yankees for doing that. He apparently is an outspoken type of guy, so that might be good. I don't know. I can't. He's. Who? You know, he's. He's better than Devin Smeltzer, probably. Marginal. Yeah, that's what Marginally. I was thinking. Yeah. He actually threw fairly hard back in his day, but he's 38. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old. I thought it was like 33 or 4. And I don't think he's the, you know, they kind of signed some of these guys like Annabelle and and and, and those guys and because they want him to emphasize this pitch more. He doesn't sound to me like a guy that's gonna. You you come in here and be all changed. He's gonna do what he does: throw his yeah. fastball eighty percent of the time and put a little sink on it. And uh, I don't know. I I you know. They got a. They need a couple of young arms. They need a couple of guys that can throw the ball by somebody,
2: and. Pat, this 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 front office. This is the fifth year of this front office, and I and I think these. You know, I've I think and have done a great job, and they've and they've built they've built regular season winners, and they've and they've changed a bunch of things to modernize the Twins, and those are those are great things. But we're going into their fifth season, and the rotation: Jose Barrios. All right, great. But he was he was brought on by the previous regime. Uh, Jay Happ is thirty eight. He's a veteran. Michael Pineda was a veteran signing. Kent Maeda was a veteran trade. Rich Hill was a veteran signing. Homer Bailey was a veteran signing uh like where where are the twenty three twenty five year old guys coming through the pipeline? See it's year five.
3: Let's do it. That's what I've been saying too i mean Velozovic i mean they nobody now i it probably hurt that nobody got the pitch in the minor leagues last year, but somebody has got to show up in spring training. And they got to take a couple of these guys, Duran and Milosevic, and give them a chance to be in the rotation. They got to, the old idea of going to spring training and finding somebody. They have to do that this time. They cannot just keep running these fossils out there. And, uh, you know, God love my, we all love Randy Dobnik, but we, we, it was fun while it lasted. Right. Yeah. We saw what happened and, and, uh, you know, smelzer and guys that the hell with that, you know, get some live arms. And if Duran wants to go out there and throw, you know, walk seven guys in five innings and throw the ball all over the ballpark. Good. Maybe he'll hit somebody in the neck and get them off the plate. Uh, they get, they have got to, uh, they have got to get some juice in their starting rotation and, they have, you know, Jose Barrios is it. So, yeah, I don't know.
2: Um, we got we, we to play some audio for you here so we, can, so we can end on a fun note. I don't know if you saw <laughs> okay. this yesterday, Pat. But, uh. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. <laughs> Dan
0: Campbell loves football. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality.
3: Football, football, yeah, yeah. football,
0: yeah. football. This has got to be oh, got to be Chris Spielman, <laughs> <laughs> right? Got to be Chris Spielman. It must.
3: Yeah, you know, you know, you're
1: probably right. That's a good point. Yeah. What's an
3: idiot? God, they're idiots. They're just (laughs) the biggest idiots in sports. They're unbelievable. First, we hire a grouchy, bearded, fat guy who won't talk to anybody, who hates everybody, hates the world. So, okay, now let's go hire the biggest opposite lunatic we can, who's going to sit up there and talk nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> uh God, oh my God. Matthew Stafford we did something wrong in a yet.
1: previous life, Pat. Poor there God. is no Poor Matt Poor Stafford Matthew, Matthew Stafford, you know, Patricia's gone. That's gonna be great. I'm gonna get a real cerebral offensive young mind. It's Dan <laughs> nope, Campbell. Get, or as, or, as,
2: well, or as your guy like Dan Lebitar calls him Man Campbell, Pat.
3: <laughs> wasn't he uh what was he, like assistant special teams coordinator or some damn thing? He was never You were warning me about this the other day, though, Jed, when we were talking that they were going to hire this moron. (laughs) Oh, God, they're unbelievable.
1: The pressure was better than even I could have hoped for.
3: One playoff victory since 1957. Yeah. One. And guess what? They ain't this idiot. They're going to have to fire him in three years. They're going to you know.
1: Oh he got, Patty got a six-year contract. Who gives out six-year contract?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. In fact, That's like, me. like the six-year you contract Goodell's then... office. They gotta be going nuts, don't they?
1: Oh, the, yes. After they, that. They, oh, my well, God. And they've got problems, this too. Guy, and,
3: then, and then, you know, the Eagles hire some nondescript nothing guy that nobody ever heard I've
1: of. never heard of him. He's like, what, 38, and he had worked for Frank Wright? Uh, I mean, yeah.
3: Was, and you know, if they hired Josh McDaniels, maybe you can say, Oh, okay, but how can you hire this guy? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna go seven for seven on uh hiring I mean, the guy at uh the Jets hired is uh is of Arab descent. I I he still's a white guy to me. <laughs> and and uh right. you know, it, I can't believe they're gonna get through the do you realize that what was it? A couple of years ago, they fired four black coaches, right? Mm-hmm. So the league had like six or seven. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have two. Yeah, two yeah. out of thirty-two. seventy yeah. percent of your workforce is black. Yeah, it's incredible.
2: Eric Bieniemy, watching. I want. I want to know what Eric Bieniemy's thoughts were watching that press conference
1: yesterday. You know, what <laughs> is this? You know what? Hey, forget Detroit. Is that Clint, was his thought.
3: Is Clint Kubiak You really gonna be the offensive coordinator here?
1: I think he is, because guess what? He'll run the ball.
3: So we got him. We got an inherited, and Zim's kid is the defensive coordinator.
1: Yes. Oh, he's he's co-defensive coordinator. Come
3: on. Speaking of that, somebody wake up the fellas in New Jersey and say, you know, this nest of nepotism is not what we need here come on god nest of nepotism i love print, it print
2: the shirts nest, nest, of, nepotism. nest of nepotism nattering <laughs> what
3: was spiro's thing nattering nabobs of, of nepotism. nattering nabobs of nepotism
2: you're on to something Amazing. all right we'll get the shirts printed and we'll talk there's you a next column week, coming
1: Pat. i can feel it <laughs> All right. Bye. All
2: right, that's rapping with Roycey every Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, and Friday. You can also find Roicy Unchained with Judd every single Monday, Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com. Nest of nepotism. Nest That's going to appear in a
1: column in the Star yeah. Tribune shortly. I, I can feel it. It's, yep. it's too good it. a line.
2: Yep. So uh, And uh, tip of the cap to our guy Dan Campbell for his splashy debut. You can find Purple Daily on Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com as well uh, if you want our daily Vikings conversations, and one of those – uh, we're going to actually record an episode about Gary Kubiak retiring officially, so you can check that out. We'll see you guys on Monday.
0: Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football. Yeah. football!
4: Get to
6: eat! Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.